Assalamu alaikum guys and welcome back to another episode of The Word Affairs. I am your one and only host Kainat and I am welcoming you very warmly back because it's been a long long time again. Um, so one thing I just want to put out there okay I'm just gonna get straight into it because I know very well just how inconsistent I am with the podcast okay. It's not a surprise, it's not a shock, it's not an element of horror in some sort of movie like I know just how inconsistent I am okay and it never used to be like that for those of you who have listened for so long you'll know that there was an episode every single week without fail okay and recently it's just not been like that I have been listening to um, quite a few new podcasts which honestly are just mind-blowing but also my old ones and one thing I've always noticed is the consistency in their episodes and just how much they produce and upload. With me, on the other hand, everything has changed so much over these past, I think over this past year and a half, I'd say. Not even just with the podcast, but obviously with social media and stuff. And I thought it was just a phase, you know, it's not going to last that long. You know, it's not here to stay, but it well and truly was. And yeah am I proud of that no I am not proud of that at all but I will go into detail hopefully um I just have so much I want to talk about with you guys today and I don't think I'm gonna get all of it in this episode but I'm gonna try my best um but yeah in terms of where I have been or where I've been ghosting um somebody actually said it to me recently they were like you have these phases where you just ghost and disappear and then you come back and I do you know what I actually do and I think I do it more for myself than anybody or anything else I just disappear or um, I take time to myself I'm basically all about making life easier for myself because why not right why not um the thing is when I decided to do this podcast obviously I've always said it was like May 2020 it was COVID I had about nine listeners or seven listeners even to the first ever episode and even that they probably listened to like two minutes um so yeah it was never anything massive and I always used to say even if one person listens to an entire episode I feel like I've you know checked off that box um but yeah that didn't happen (laughs) so in actual fact what actually happened was it's been having over like 80,000 views as an entirety of a podcast and there are so many listeners to it and so many new listeners and so many old listeners all of you guys it just grew exponentially and yeah I just wasn't expecting it at all and now I feel like the pressure has increased a little bit because I know that there are so many people out there who are listening um and if you are listening today um I apologize in advance for perhaps my, I don't know, I don't think there's a difference in my voice, but my nose feels so congested thanks to the hay fever and the dust. There's so much dust around me because I'm getting my room done up and yeah, everything's literally like been ripped apart and like it's all gone. But the amount of dust, guys, I cannot even begin to explain to you. It's literally settled in everywhere. And every single time I come in here, no matter how much I've cleaned it and everything, my nose, literally like my sinus and everything like that, it's just 
struggling so much so I'm literally sat here like halfway in the need of having to sneeze and halfway in the need of having to clear out my nose because it's just such a mess but yeah that was information you totally did not need to know but back to what I was saying I feel like there's so much pressure so literally two days ago um we went out for dinner with my cousins I know for a fact that they're probably listening to this so everybody give them a shout out and say hello they are literally like the most beautiful girls ever um so we were sat there and I can't remember how the conversation actually came up and oh my god this thing is literally coming off my laptop how nice um the conversation came up about the podcast I can't remember how and literally like my cousin she was like yeah you need to get onto that don't you like if you don't make more episodes basically and I literally was like I don't know what it is and I literally sit there and I was literally like quiet I was like yeah you know what you're right because the truth is like she's always said it to me as well she is literally like you need to do this with it you need to do that with it why haven't you created a business with it as well and everything like that and I'm like girl like I'm literally like I feel like I don't have that productive drive alhamdulillah I would genuinely say that I'm very grateful towards Allah for giving me that sense of productivity and discipline myself the one thing my dad has always said about me is if like I'm not doing anything you'll always see me doing something like I'm either going to the gym or I'm either going to go get stuff from the shops or I'm either doing something you know what I mean like I'm come back I've come back from work I've got plans or I've come back from work and I'm doing this at the other like something there's always something in store my weekends are never like um empty like I genuinely especially in the past two months now I would say or three months even like in March yeah definitely I'd say in fact not even March guys I'd say February like um it was like halfway through February and then even like till now I don't remember having a full weekend just to myself there's always something I am doing whether it's with family whether it's for something in the future whether it's something I'm working on myself whether it's having fun with my friends there's always something there or just even errands so I'm always staying busy and just keeping myself busy and the second thing my friends always say about me is that if I want something I will go and get it so half the time when I'm sitting here in fact most of the time the advice I'm giving to you guys or what I'm saying or how I'm talking and stuff genuinely it's something that I do for myself and I take that upon myself to make sure that I'm kind of like fulfilling that you know in my life you know the whole thing of like waking up early and stuff like that even if I struggle with it or I have some lazy like um, uh, you know lions or something like that I always make sure that I'm doing something alhamdulillah and I think I've always been that way um since I was young there's always just something I was doing and also if I want to do something I'll make sure I do it to the best of my ability okay so for example when my friends say that if there's something that I want to do or if I want something I will make sure that I go and get it and they've always said that that once I set my mind to something I'll go and do it my dad said that about me as well and my family but with the podcast it was always that way as well so when I started it I was like yeah you know what like I know it's not gonna be that big or amazing even with the Instagram I never believed it go like that big or whatever even though I'm gonna be honest with you the numbers drop like every single day but the point is like it's like 20,000 followers I never even thought I'd ever get that so the point I'm trying to make is now I feel like there's a pressure to always maintain and build that same image it's like when you are climbing and you get to the top you're like well where do I go now what do I do now and for me I kind of like felt like I'd peaked at it a little bit and now I felt like the pressure was kicking in so for example I felt like I had to plan every single episode from now on forward if you've been listening to it from day one you'll know I never planned episodes I don't even edit my episodes that much like literally I, I literally upload it 
sorry, I record it, then I literally pretty much upload it. If, for example, I'm recording um, an, an episode and somebody comes through the door, I know, okay, at that point, there was a bit of like a um, background kind of like noise so I stop the podcast there and I will literally cut that part out and I'll carry on I don't you know send it off to an editor I don't add any extra elements to it nothing like that because I just think you know what first of all that is a lot of effort I'm going to be absolutely honest with you it's a lot of effort and time second of all um, I want it to be raw and I want it to be honest so there's so many times I make blunders with my words because I genuinely have a tendency to speak quite fast and I can talk for England like I'm literally a chatterbox so there are times when I make mistakes with my words there are times when um some of my words kind of like get a bit overlapped or I kind of like just sound like I'm literally speaking gibberish but I literally turn around the podcast and be like oh my god guys I literally can't even speak today because I just think to myself what is the point of me cutting out and then having to re-pretend to do it again with the same type of vibrant energy I just can't be bothered doing that and on top of that I just don't think there's a need that like this is me if I speak fast and I sometimes cut my words up and I sometimes make mistakes then so be it I'm not here to like sit here and you know impress anybody or anything like that um but yeah with that type of level I also started to think okay the pressure's on I need to start you know um really really thinking about my episodes literally the other day my cousin said to me how do you think of episodes and my response was I don't know I just said I don't know like sometimes I'll be thinking about something maybe that is like you know that is something that I think okay you know what I could really share this with other people and I'd love that so then I just think okay I can record an episode on that or sometimes I'll be listening to something and I'm inspired by somebody else and I think you know what this is such a good topic but this is my take on it or this is such a great element but this is my impression of it and I think you know what I'm gonna put that out there Oh, I think to myself, this worked for me. Why not share it with everybody else? Or this was a su- this was such an incredible situation that I went through, um, and I think that it'd be really good to reflect on it with other people. So, for example, let's put it on the podcast. So, with all of that type of stuff, I think that what's really been delaying me from uploading and stuff is this concept of having to plan. So, for example, like I said, that May was such a busy, busy busy month for me right literally I don't even know if I've already said that I probably have I probably haven't but genuinely May was a month where I don't even think I could even recollect like literally yesterday I was thinking about this you know how you people make um dumps like photo dumps for the month um and like I saw quite a few of my friends or I saw people on like social media throwing theirs about and it looked so nice and I thought to myself alhamdulillah like mashallah I genuinely cannot put the entirety of May into four pictures for a dump or even six pictures there's just so much that went on and genuinely I was like waiting for like waiting for that time and I can speak about it on the podcast and I just couldn't I couldn't because I was like I need to sit down and plan it I need to sit down and really think through what I'm gonna say I need to prepare myself and then I just really realized today like I'm gonna be honest my room is a mess like if you came in here you look at it and think oh my god I literally look like I'm I'm living out of a box because I am I'm literally living out of cardboard boxes right now Um, my stuff is all packed away I'm literally waiting for new furniture etc um I've got like so many errands to run today and for the rest of this week I genuinely don't think that I would have ever 
you know see myself making an episode but for some reason I just felt so inspired and felt like you know what it's time like I just want to record one um, and I was saying it to my cousin as well I was like you know what um I feel like I'm going to record one soon very soon don't worry and yeah it just so happened so I you know I always say this but I I do always mean it as well when I say it, even if it doesn't happen but inshallah I do hope and I pray that I'm more consistent with it um but yeah so I was wanting to sit down with you guys for so long and you know speak about it and everything like that and just in general have a chat with you guys because I have missed you um but yeah I just felt like oh god the pressure's there I feel like more people know about the podcast now more people are coming to me and saying oh my god it's a podcast I've literally had people like say it to me that you know I don't even like speak to that much or I know them from like a professional level and yeah like it's always been positivity by the way it's never been oh you've got a podcast what the hell like never anything like that it's always been like ooh, you've got a podcast and it's been like oh my god you're a podcaster whatever and I'll be honest I've never if I'm ever speaking like to a group of people or if I've met somebody new for the first time or made new friends I will never tell them that I have a podcast I'll never say like oh yeah by the way like I'm this that the other and I'm a podcaster never and now very slowly like once or twice it has come up and I'm like yeah well I have a podcast too or yeah I'm actually a podcaster on the side for fun and it feels so strange to say that because I truly don't see myself in that light and I thought to myself why do we play down our accomplishments in the face of humility there is such a beauty in being humble and there's such a beauty in in showing humility and showing the fact that you are a standard decent person in the sense of you don't boast you don't brag you don't show off anything like that but at the same time, don't downplay your achievements because that is what we do. I have done that for pretty much the majority of my life. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I've ticked this off, I've ticked this off, I've ticked this off, I've ticked that off. The truth is, I actually have ticked off so much that I've wanted to you know, accomplish in my life, alhamdulillah, and I downplay it so bad. And so it was the same with this. But, you know, it brings me back to that whole idea of, I just thought, you know what, sack this, like, I'm making up so many excuses which is not normally like me because I feel this so what pressure so-called pressure um that's not even there because the truth is everybody loves the episodes everybody messages me and everybody talks to me about it and I feel like in a way I'm probably letting you guys down so why don't I pick myself up and pick up the slack and actually give myself some of the slack sometimes you've got to be hard on yourself to achieve your biggest dreams or you've got to be hard on yourself to achieve that discipline motivation is great for the first week for the second week after that it literally fades because it's temporary we've always spoke about this but discipline is just something that will take you to such lengths and realistically speaking I've got to be honest with myself and I've got to tell myself you know what my discipline is really lacking with the podcast so in general you've got to do things when you don't want them to when you don't want to sorry like for example if somebody said to me, you've got so much time to record the podcast. I've had so much time to record the podcast, by the way. Like, although I've been really, really busy, there were slots where I could have easily found time to sit down and record an episode, but I just didn't want to, or I couldn't be bothered, or I was lazy, or I was like, you know what? I've been working so hard. I've been so busy. I just want to relax, or I don't want to. I don't know what I'm going to say. And yet, here I am sitting in front of you guys, like in a certain situation where I normally wouldn't be like for example normally I love to sit on my desk and record and yeah that's not how it is today but so be it because I felt like you know what I really need to so um 
the point is discipline is going to get you further than motivation and that's something I really need to sit down and kind of like check myself about but yeah as for me the reason why it was so so busy so obviously at the beginning of the um month I think in fact not even the beginning of the month so it was like end of April I think it was Eid right yeah it was so it's Eid like at the end of April so first of all I feel like it started kind of like all the way from there Eid came and in all honesty I do believe that Eid like isn't even that busy to be honest with you it's not that busy like for some people it's so busy because mashallah like they have such big families they have so much planned for the day they do so much we don't <laughs> we actually do not um I think when we were kids and everybody always says this but it's actually well and true when we were children we had such a busy Eid because we had so many like people to see etc but as you get older numbers dwindle people leave and go new people come and all of that type of stuff so Eid isn't as big of an affair as it used to be but regardless it's still Eid you still want to get up early you still got to make loads of food you've still got to put your nice clothes on you got to look nice you've got to do your you know um annual not even annual biannual uh Starbucks run for Eid your compulsory Eid Starbucks run because why not um so you've got all of that to do and yeah it's the whole preparations leading up to it which is quite busy so that happened then um literally I think a week later I had a lot going on in that week as well because we were preparing it as well and everything but a week later we went for Umrah so yeah we did a lot of you might have seen on Instagram or something um but yeah alhamdulillah we went to the house of Allah we were called I think it was 2nd of May to be precise um and yes we went to Saudi Arabia we first settled in Mecca and then we went to Medina I saw the Kaaba I saw the Roda which I'm going to get into a little bit of detail about um and yeah did each and every single thing we saw all the ziyaras we saw everything it was gorgeous it was amazing and this is why I felt the pressure to record an episode that has to be absolutely perfect because I was going to speak about Umrah and I was going to talk about going there and everything for the pilgrimage and I wanted it to be perfect but I realized that when you're looking for perfection and you're trying to make it so perfect it actually ends up not being that way or rather you delay it like I did now so rather than doing that I just wanted to sit down and have a chat with you guys um and yeah so in terms of going on Umrah like we have tried going so many times before that we planned it just didn't happen um little things would come through or you know it just fall through and you know the truth is it's not cheap to go at all so you have to take that into consideration as well time off and all of that um and so yeah it all worked out um this year and yeah so we went we went Mecca first and I remember we uh, landed and it's a very long procedure, by the way. Like, you know, you land in, uh, well, we went to Jeddah Airport and then from there, it's like an hour drive to Mecca and you've got to go check yourself in. You've got to go put your stuff away. And obviously, like, you want to go and do Umrah first. Like, if you're in Mecca, like, I am not ahead of anybody who's gone to Mecca and they've been like, oh, yeah, let's sleep tonight and then we'll go do it tomorrow. You want to go because you're literally, like, minutes away from the house of Allah. So our hotel was, I think, pretty much much a four minute walk away from Masjid Haram but luckily as well they had a um, van service so what they would do is every like 15 minutes or 10 minutes a van would come off the hotel so it was the Marriott Hotel and they had a um, 
like a van that said their name and then across was Hilton so they both interchanged quite a lot so we just jump on whichever one and because obviously it's really, really hot there like when we were there it was like literally 35 degrees 38 degrees obviously walking in that heat as well is really hard so they had this constant pick and drop off surface and it was great like it literally dropped you off literally on the road outside Haram and it would drop you back off at the hotel so it was perfect I remember we put our bags down and we were still in Ihram like it's so crazy guys because you know when you're on the plane and they tell you you're uh, reaching the Migat and that's when you start making the intention like and all of that and you start to say love bake and oh my god it's so crazy like now I'm thinking about it back literally like they were getting onto like the Migat and you could see the men slowly going and changing into their white robes in the Ihram you could see the women like well to be fair we were already in Ihram sorry so you know we didn't have to change anything but we were all like love bake Allahumma love bake love bake la sharika like a love bake and literally you just carried on and we were literally like in my head I remember just being like love bake Allahumma love bake love bake la sharika love bake like all the time the whole thing and then like like we got into the uh, airport picking up our bags and stuff in my head I'm still whispering it um we got into the car and I remember just like feeling so sleepy and having a bit of a nap but then we were waking up and like it was jolting back and we're like oh my god we're almost there so it's like the big you know again and then we went to go do wuzu and everything we got to the hotel and then we started walking so when we started walking we got separated my dad and my brother um they went one way and me and my mum went the other way because we got separated it was the first time we'd gone and you know we just basically by chance lost each other but we were fine because we had two by two um and so me and my mum were walking and we're walking down the stairs into like the main part of Hanum. Now, by the way, as we've left, the Azan has gone off for Fajr. Now, it was really confusing because in Makkah, especially like around there, like for Fajr, they do one Azan and then like about an hour later or 45 minutes later, they do the second Azan. The first Azan is just to basically tag you like Fajr is basically going to be approaching. So get ready and come to the mosque type of stuff. And literally like the call to prayer but they will then do the proper azan at like you know the other time so say for example 4 30 is fajr at least like 3 45 3 30 or something you will hear the first azan go off now that is not the beginning of fajr that's just like an indication of hey fajr is going to happen in an hour right and then in an hour they do the actual azan for fajr so we've gone and like the second azan has happened now for Fajr. So we're like, okay, we're going to have to wait to do, to read Fajr. Um, and it's insane because we were walking down the stairs and my mum was like, don't look. She was like, don't look, don't look. Because she just saw a little glimpse of the Kaaba. So I'm literally looking all the way down and I'm holding her hand and we're going and we're like, Labeg, Alhamma Labeg, Labeg, Lasharika, like Labeg. And literally, like, we're walking and then we were, she was like, Oh, do you want to get closer? I was like, Yeah, like, let's try and get closer. And then we get, got closer and then she said, Okay, like, okay, we need to look up now. So then I literally remember just lifting my eyes and I'm getting emotional as I'm talking about it now. But um, we lifted our eyes and I swear to you, I will never forget that first look of the Kaaba like I'll never ever ever forget the first glimpse looked up and it's like obviously dark all around like as in not dark I mean the, the sky was basically black because obviously it's nighttime and there were loads of people there loads of women and everything and I remember looking and making my du'as and everything and I was just like blown away literally 
the first thing I remember thinking was, oh, it looks so much smaller than I actually thought. I remember thinking that, like, in the pictures and stuff, you always think it's massive. And honestly, it's not that big, but it feels so much more realistic, if that makes sense. All your life, if you've never been, you've seen it through pictures, you've seen it through videos, you've heard it from people. But then when you see it for yourself, I swear to you, you just think to yourself, oh my God, this is where it all essentially began in Makkah. It began in, in like, you know, from the time of Ibrahim, it began when he got told to build the house of Allah. Like this was literally built. We do our, you know, tawaf around this. We face the qibla like when we're praying and your entire life you say, you know, like I'm praying, you know, with the intention of like reading like four thirds, like facing the qibla. And like right now you're literally stood in front of it. And so it was just so magical. Like I remember making my du'as and trying my best not to blink. And then obviously like we saw it and we stood there and then we prayed Fajr. And then once we prayed Fajr, we literally just started. So me and Mama had this whole plan in our head. So we we're waiting for Fajr Salah to begin. So we sat there and we're like, right, we're going to pray Fajr Salah. If you look to your left, that's where the basically root begins to get right close to the Kaaba and start your Tawaf. So we're going to literally just like do our Salam and make our quick Dua and then like just go. Um, and so that's what we did. We literally got up and we went. And guys, the first thing that really hit me was the smell of Makkah. So when they clean the floor and stuff, that disinfectant they use is beautiful. Like genuinely, I've never smelled anything like that. That disinfectant in Makkah is just so gorgeous. And the smell is so beautiful. So we were like, wow, that smells so nice. Anyways, we got up and... Um, we literally started heading right there and we basically started our tawaf. In the first tawaf that we did, we touched the Kaaba. Now, obviously you've heard all the stories of how hard it is and everything and we were really, really scared. It was hard, don't get me wrong. It was really, really hard. People over there, genuinely, I'm going to be honest, you are a whole ummah but sometimes there are people who just miss, like they just don't know how to behave. Um, and it's, it's a lot of like every man for himself type of behavior or, you know, survival of the fittest quite literally but we touched the Kaaba and I remember when we touched it and my heart oh my god it literally felt like it sank my heart literally felt like it was sinking and I felt this relief and I remember just like breathing and like literally gasped and I just started sobbing like I literally started crying and I was touching it and I was making my du'as and everything and I was just looking up and I was like I can't believe I've touched the Kaaba right so it was so emotional and it was really hard by the way as well because obviously the people were all around us but it was it was it was next level um okay guys so just a quick interruption into this episode this is totally random i've had this um mic since i started my podcast which is about three years ago now um only today I have found out that the volume can go high on the microphone. So you know how sometimes like randomly I'll be making an episode and I might say something like, oh, I don't know about the volume or the sound or something. It's because there's these two buttons at the bottom of the microphone and they would randomly get clicked and I had no clue what they do. Even though there's a literal up and down button on them and I didn't realise that it was the volume. How crazy is that? Anyways, um, so it was quite a crazy experience because you know, it was hectic. We went straight after Ramadan. I think it was like a week after Eid, basically. So we thought like it wouldn't be that busy. But then, you know, um, it was, I think, supposed to be Hajj around the 15th or the 16th of May. And that was like, 16th of May was when we flew out, basically. So it was very, very hectic around us. Um, 
anyway, so, you know, I touched the Kaaba and stuff and then I got to touch Maqam Ibrahim. It is beautiful. Like, Maqam Ibrahim is literally where you can see the the stone, um, which was quite st- uh, soft, sorry, I was going to say soft, but soft. Uh, the clay was quite soft and it basically um, allowed the footprints of Ibrahim to be molded into it and you can see the difference like they are very very big and um, they kept that stone and they put it into this um, it's like a little I would say like a little dome um, and it's golden and it's called Maqam Ibrahim now that is where you pray your two nafal like after you've done your tawaf obviously it is so so busy like it's very dangerous, I think, as well, if you were to try and pray your um, nafal right in front of it. I think one woman was trying to do it and we didn't even know she was there because, like, everyone was, cl- like, clamouring for it. They were crowding around and everything. And there's this woman that's kneeling on the floor. Like, I was really worried for her safety. Um, but it's such a beautiful experience because then, basically, we did Umrah more than one time. So, alhamdulillah, we got to do it two times. And the second time, I really fully got to touch it. It was beautiful. My dad got to touch the um, Yemeni corner. And the Yemeni corner is basically um, the part of the Kaaba which is exposed. So, there's no kind of like cloth in there. That's just the brickwork, the pure grey brickwork. And I remember it was such a beautiful experience. And we also touched like the stone, the marble, kind of like that you know at the beginning at the front of the Kaaba like it's it's um like a little bit of like a circular kind of shape and it's the don't it's like sto- stone basically like marble stone apparently if you get to pray to Nuffle within that kind of like dome shape it's um a really really big significant thing but they don't really let anybody in there nowadays um but we got to touch that as well um so alhamdulillah it was beautiful the one thing I've, i said that i always wanted to experience was um it raining like i really really wanted to experience rain in mecca and doing tawaf at the same time i uh, we actually met a family there and um shout out to the canadians <laughs> i don't know if they listened to this but um they were such a beautiful family and they did their umrah after us and um i saw on her one of the girls like that i was part of that family she i saw on a story um she was uploading like this the pictures and honestly it was just so beautiful and she had one video she took where they were close to the gaba and i think it was during the waff and it just started raining and guys when i tell you it just looks majestic like we've seen rain before we've experienced it we've been caught in the rain over there i didn't get the chance to see it but like it looked so beautiful and i was just like i wish i got to experience that but you never know um maybe one more time if allah has ever written it for us um but yeah it was just so so beautiful so um we spent a week in Makkah and we went to um, the Ziyaras as well. So the Ziyaras are basically like places to visit. And these are very significant landmarks in the time of Islam. So, you know, you... Um, so what we did was we basically went with a... Um, with a tour guide essentially he wasn't a tour guide he was more like a taxi driver and they just know a lot about these significant places so they take you and we went to so many and um we went to one that really struck me sorry it really stood out to me was um Arafat the plains of Arafat and you know Mount Arafat and the reason for that was because um I cannot believe like that is where we're all going to be resurrected 
every single time and you know you think about this and you learn a lot about the day judgment I think one of the most beautiful podcasts you could ever listen to, and I always talk about this, is the Qalam podcast. And it's a American um, institute, Islamic Institute, sorry. And what I love about their podcasts are the fact that they do series. So they will do series and they will upload those episodes onto the Qalam podcast. And they have different series all at once. But one series um, that really really stood out to me was forgiven forgiven really kind of like epitomized the mercy and the rahmah of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it related it back to very very pivotal moments during the prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's um time and his prophethood um and it relates to the concept of of essentially forgiveness and and the the things that some people did and and they got forgiven for and it really really highlights the different kind of like aspects and perspectives of it but another one that i would really really recommend to everybody else is um a series called the journey and it was uploaded a while ago the only downside of golem podcast i would say is how they arrange how they organize the episodes like i would really really love it if they did a different season type of thing for every single series they did but i don't think that's possible because there's at times when they're uploading and multiply at the same time but yeah anyways the journey is so beautiful because it genuinely quite literally talks about the journey um from the minute basically the angel of death visits you and takes your soul all like literally literally all the way to like when we will be resurrected and i think he even goes on to talk about like the bridge of sirat and stuff but respectfully like i didn't get to that stage um but i got into quite a bit and i'm not even joking guys like it is really really scary like i think it's that's the good thing about it sometimes we listen to a lot of um motivational stuff and very very like um optimistic stuff i guess something to make us basically feel like we've got hope again but at the same time we do need that you know that that fear in us of the fact that we are eventually going to die and i know that sounds so pessimistic but um it's a really good series basically anyways in that series it's basically based on imam al-qurtibi's uh book and i can't remember the name of the book but it's basically about literally like the journey like he talks all about the journey and then these lot basically analyzed it and interpreted it and annotated it and one of the aspects that they talk about is when we will be resurrected and we'll all basically be kind of like when the horn's blown and we'll all be we'll all be on in the plains of Arafat right and we'll all be basically kind of like called and um like what's the word I'm trying to look for organized I guess um on the plains of Arafat and what I would really really struggle to kind of like envision in my head at that time was just how we'd all fit there because realistically speaking currently as it stands there's about eight billion humans now i think that's the population on earth but when they talk about that type of stuff they're not just talking about who's alive right now they're talking about everybody who ever walked this earth so everyone would be resurrected now i don't know why but i i always thought like arafat was like very very I don't know, I wouldn't say small, but I thought it was just like land, if that makes sense. Guys, we went and basically they, he took us like um, on like in the car and, and it's there's a le- like literal kind of like border, not a border, but like, yeah, it's a border. And there's a big sign and it basically says Arafat starts here. And then the car goes down there and to your left and to your right, it is just vast and it goes on and on and on and on 
on like it does not end and I'm literally looking around guys in the car and I'm just thinking to myself the only thing I could think of was like wow like we're gonna be basically called here at that time and even then once I've seen it now for my own like with my own eyes I've seen how massive it is and how it just goes on and on and on forever and ever because obviously it's a very big um aspect of Hajj as well so they were you know uh, sorting out for Hajj and um you know then at Mina is where they put the tents and stuff but um Arafat is a very key kind of like part that plays in Hajj um but having said that we were there for that time and it it really puts it into perspective I think that when you hear these type of things and when you you know you read about them and you're told about them and you listen about them you will never know until you go for yourself even pictures don't do it justice and that's the same you can be said that can be said sorry for the Kaaba like you can see as many pictures as you possibly want but if you've never been you'll never fully get to experience that that beauty of it you'll never get to experience like just how it feels to stand there in the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's house and 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 the things that can like come to life like for example you're stood there at the Kaaba and we're all making tawaf I don't think there's ever a point where you know it's empty even when it's at a standstill during salah like you know there's nobody doing tawaf during salah but like there's people who are literally circulating it reading their salah do you know what I mean like it's never um unaccompanied um and you'll be stood there and little things you've learned kind of like come to you so like for example when I was stood there I remember saying to my family like we're doing tawaf right now but right above directly above the Kaaba we're told that there is a replica Kaaba made for the angels and constantly the angels are doing tawaf and no two angels ever do tawaf like um multiple times as in like they've done their set of tawaf and then that's it that's like their role and the next set of angels come and do it and it's so insane because obviously you look up right there. There's nothing there. Like this is sky and you can see the clock tower. But from what you've been told and what you've been taught and what you've learned, you'll know that right there, even now as we speak, there are sets of angels. There are thousands of angels that are basically circulating their Kaaba that is right above our Kaaba. And they are literally worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like just deep this right now as we speak there are people doing tawaf of the Kaaba right thousands of people if you decide to listen to this episode tomorrow again it's the same thing if you decide to recommend this episode to your friend it's the same thing there are people doing tawaf even then if in two years down the line you randomly stumble across this episode again you listen to this part even then in two years time inshallah like there are people doing tawaf around the Kaaba and it's honestly insane because it just shows naturally speaking the strength of Islam that's that's what it is the bottom line some people may not like to hear that who really despise Islam you know nowadays we live in a generation especially in the west where there's this agenda there's a propaganda that basically is there to essentially destroy the foundations of what normal life is and what nuclear families are and it's things like islam and we and and, and this is the reality like the, the the foundations that are built and laid by islam are very very um traditional they're very very um conservative in the eyes of some people but they essentially protect and preserve 
what you need like they protect and preserve what you've been trying your whole life to establish it's like a sense of normality like or normalcy as some people would say and and that is the most beautiful thing i think and and it just shows you the strength and the power and and the brotherhood and the fraternity and of of islam as in you know every single day you hear of somebody you know reverting or converting as some may say like to islam some people finding their way into it some people looking into it and you know what shocks me is i saw a picture of the kaaba back in the 1980s i think it was or 1960s perhaps and when you look at that picture you see the kaaba and you see basically like a little kind of like area built around it which is like the mosque but then you don't see that many hotels you see quite you know one or two maybe three hotels four hotels kind of like dotted and then the rest is basically saudi the rest is just you know normal normal life like it's just houses or you know or, or, or small businesses or something and now when you go guys and you look at the top it has changed so much from that image because quite frankly alhamdulillah you know islam is growing so much everybody wants to go for umrah you know it's so funny because in ramadan everybody was saying is it just me or did everybody literally go for umrah like that's what it felt like at the time as i went as well like everybody it sounded like everybody was going for umrah even if the people who haven't gone they are planning to go alhamdulillah and that's the beauty of it so many people now can afford to go to for umrah it is expensive it's ridiculously expensive and i don't really agree with that price but you know they, there's probably a reason why they've done it but the point is so many people want to go and they have that desire to go and then on top of that we have so many new people coming into islam and they want to experience it as well so what you see now is this this vision that they have for makkah and if you go there right now they are literally still building upon this vision and it's called vision 2030 and um they basically doing it across the whole of saudi arabia but like the one that they have for makkah literally says for you makkah and what it is is they're essentially building more empires i think like they're building more hotels like very very extravagant hotels you know to be fair um but yeah they're building just more accommodation they're building so much more they are expanding masjid haram like when we were there there was an uh there was construction going on on one side bearing in mind that there are already like over 300 gates that you could enter that mosque from like subhanallah there's over 300 gates and each and every single gate has a name of its own you know like you've got king fahad gate which is like literally like so close king abdul aziz gate like they are so so close and it's so beautiful genuinely i just feel like i've traveled a lot alhamdulillah um but like nowhere near as compared to some people and i pray that allah gives me even more opportunities to pr- travel but i've never seen a place like saudi arabia i've never seen that type of um construction i've never seen that type of intelligence of design that goes into their buildings the sophistication all of it like it just makes sense everything they do you think to yourself god why don't we have this in our countries like it's just so confusing and and it's not a third world country nothing like that if if anything i think it's like a very fast growing first world country it's always been a fast world first sorry a first world country but like it's just growing so much more but yeah anyway so that was our experience of Makkah and then we left Makkah um after a week and we went to Medina now when we went to Medina I was really upset because basically I couldn't really take part I couldn't go to the mosque I couldn't do anything like that 
um and it was really really heartbreaking because I was just like what the hell like (laughs) this is so upsetting um and you know I really thought like I'd planned and prepared in advance and stuff and it just you know god of a lot it didn't happen so essentially by the way when we were in Medina we tried to book our um slot for visiting the noble roda now the noble roda for those of you who do not know is basically the resting place of the prophet muhammad sallallahu that is where his grave is alongside his companions for example like abu Bakr and there's a whole history of how it was built guys like essentially that part of the mosque that part of the prophet's mosque is essentially um what used to be Aisha radiallahu's house and that's insane to me like it's so crazy we did this in Islamic class and I loved it but that was essentially her house um and the prophet was buried there alongside Abu Bakr radiallahu which is obviously her father and the other companion which forgive me I can't remember the name it's either Usman radiallahu or Umar radiallahu but I don't want to say which one it is because I've forgotten and i'm my phone's not with me to check um but yeah so and then they built so the mosque used to be a bit further away from that like not that further away but you know just a little bit close to it and then what they did was they basically built the entire mosque to kind of like succumb that inside it so they did it to enclose it inside and then they built more and more kind of like layers essentially um and that is just the most beautiful thing. Um, so anyways, we tried to book our ticket, but every single slot was taken and it was unavailable. And it was heartbreaking because only Allah knows just how much dua I had made before we went uh, for Umrah. I made so much dua that I could pray um, and I could say my salam to the noble Roda, to where the prophet's buried and I could pray in Riyadh al-Jannah. Now Riyadh al-Jannah is that gap between the noble Roda and essentially like the member etc and that just that area which is basically a garden from paradise and it's just so beautiful. Now back in the days that specific section um, was a different coloured carpet compared to the rest of the mosque but then the way people are you know we sadly we sometimes abuse you know nice privileges um and so it was just getting too hectic it was getting too you know hands on hands and they changed it entirely to that color just to make it like all in one now having said that if you're very very smart you can work out where Riyadh al-Jannah is if you compare it from where the old member not the new one the old member begins where the Roda is you have to be very very mathematical and practical about it but that was out of the question now because quite frankly we didn't even get a ticket no um so before that by the way like before back in the days again you didn't have to book but because of just how busy it gets and stuff they really have to regulate it so you have to go on the app the nusuk app and you basically have to book like um your permit to visit um and you choose your date now again like i said there were no dates available full stop it was all gray and we just didn't know what to do me and my mom especially because you know it's men separate and women separate so we were like okay cool like we'll check every day we checked every single day it was always gray and then on top of that i couldn't go to the mosque i couldn't go to the mosque because i i couldn't pray i was in a state where i couldn't pray and so yeah i was really upset <laughs> i was really upset like it, it was um it was a different experience for me but one thing i will say is medina has this piece that nowhere else has and you know you hear it all the time from people but genuinely like 
Medina has this peace that nowhere else has. You go there, I swear to you, the air smells so sweet. I swear. You know, you go there, people are literally smiling. You go there, the street skies are so clean. It is unbelievable. That is the cleanest place I have seen. Um, and another place that I've ever been and was so, so clean was Agadir. Agadir was just so beautiful and so clean. Um, but, I mean, Medina was just beautiful. And the infrastructure, the buildings, it was just gorgeous. Um, the people that basically work and live there always smiling always happy having a laugh having a joke they never did anything like of greed of power like they never tried to rob you or con you nothing like that of course you bargain but they never cheat you from anything um and the mosque from the outside guys is of course stunning like it is stunning um subhanallah like it's just crazy to know that that is the prophet's mosque and you know you essentially when you think about it you go for umrah and that's in makkah realistically speaking if you were to just go for umrah you could just go to makkah and come home but how could you ever leave where the prophet is buried and also that was you know his favorite city and you can tell why and and you know what's so sad is i remember one one time we were in Medina, and i said to my family i said you know it's so crazy because bilal radiallahu who was um really upset and heartbroken when the prophet muhammad sallam, passed away um he left Medina, and he left Medina, and when he was asked why he said everything here reminds him of the prophet muhammad sallam, and it's too heartbreaking for him to be in Medina, and he adored Medina that city itself he adored it but he just said I physically can't be here anymore because everywhere I go everything reminds me of my beloved and that was the love he had for our prophet that's the love he had for the leader of the Ummah and he left he just had to leave he was just like I have to go and I found that so upsetting because once you go there guys like honestly it's just so so peaceful I just can't explain that's that's the one word everybody has in their mind and bearing in mind I'm saying that when I hadn't been able to go to the mosque or anything so then anyways um a few days passed and randomly my mom is like on her phone like I don't know this this was before Fajr or after Fajr but it was definitely like at night or something when we were trying to sleep and she's like, oh my God, guess what? And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, their permits. Well, she didn't say, oh my God, guess what? But you know, that was basically her reaction. <laughs> um, she was like, there's a permit available. And I was like, what? And basically she was like, there's a permit available for Sunday um, and Monday. Now we were supposed to fly out for Tuesday. Is that right? Let me figure that out. I could be wrong. But I remember there was a there was a permit for Sunday, I think, and I can't remember another day. And you know, we we were like, okay, um, it was very very busy, by the way. So they have different colors. So it's like green, yellow, red, just depending on how busy it's gonna be that time. And I said to my mom, I mean, I guess we can just book the Sunday one. I won't still be able to go, but you know, it's fine. Like you can book it for yourself. I think it was Saturday night. I can't remember for the love of God. Um, but I said, you know, just let's just book it, and you know, you might be able to go and. So we booked him, we booked one for my mom, we booked one for me at 10.30pm and my brothers as well, by chance guys, because theirs is also unavailable, by chance theirs also freed up on the same day but for 9pm I think and anyway so I still was not able to go, like it was really, really mentally kind of like um, troubling at that time, like I genuinely had so many thoughts and I was so upset and everything like that. 
Um, and then they go for their um, permit. My brothers, my brother, sorry, and my dad. And they go and, you know, they've they've gone earlier to go stand in the queues and stuff and pray Isha and stuff. Actually, I think, yeah, they prayed Isha. So I think theirs was actually at eight o'clock. I can't remember. Oh, it was at nine o'clock. Anyways, um, they've gone, you know, for ages, whatever. And then they've come out and they've, they've come back to the hotel now at like 9.50 or something or 9.40. I don't know, half nine maybe even. And they come in and honestly the happiness that was on their faces subhanallah allahumma barik like the happiness that they had was just so beautiful like i'll still remember my dad's face when he came in and my brother they made like literally videos for us to see like absolute videos like they showed us and then they explained it all to us and on their side i'm going to be realistic here on the men's side it's a better view on the men's side it's a better experience in my opinion because um they've you know everything's more clear and open to the people to see um and you can even see by the way like the little keyhole and stuff um which is just you know so beautiful subhanallah because i think that that it's just it really puts into perspective this man that we have heard about our entire lives this man who will basically um make his final dua for us in front of allah for us to be forgiven this man who basically toiled and trialed and tested himself just to make sure that our ummah would be okay and he'd be a beautiful leader and the man who taught us so much and left behind such a beautiful legacy and who essentially brought and basically was a, a leader of islam of this ummah like it's just incredible he's literally right there like he's he's steps away from us his footsteps so his feet are there his body is there he is there and then the people that were so pivotal and significant in his life are also there by his side. And it's just insane because like we are just such mundane, normal people. We're having that experience. But anyways, yeah, so we couldn't see it. My my dad and my brothers, they were there and, and they showed us the videos and everything. And it was just so beautiful. And and I remember my brother, he was literally like, oh my God, we did this, we did that. And then like, you know, we even got to pray Isha there. So they got to pray Isha. Like literally they were, they prayed their two nuffles in where they thought was Riyadh al-Jannah. And then they also were managed, they managed to pray their Isha. Like the guards there will like try and hurry you up, but they just quickly got them in bit by bit. Um, And they made so much da and everything like that. And, and yeah, we were like, before they went, we literally said to them like, oh, guys like make the offer this make the offer that because we can't go anyway so they were telling the story and you know i'm just like really sad as well because i'm like oh, i really really wish that i could have had that experience and i wish that me and my mom could have gone um and i'm like really upset and you know this was like at around i think it was like 10 o'clock now and you know like i'm like you know i'm so happy you guys got to go i wish inshallah maybe you know never mind next time and then you know i just go up to go fresh myself up and basically turns out i can go like how crazy is that subhanallah like it turns out i can basically now pray this was at 10 p.m by the way 10 p.m my our permits were booked for 10 30 so i literally come running and i tell my family guys guess what and they're like what i'm like guys i can go to the roda and my dad's like oh my god quickly hurry up hurry up uh, which was so beautiful because he was just so like supportive my mom was like quick like let's go let's go so like you know we quickly like showered and stuff quickly put on fresh clothes and everything and we sped walked to the mosque like we were so excited genuinely we were so excited and bearing in mind guys my mom had been going to the mosque before this anyway 
I had never set foot into the mosque. Bear this in mind, okay? Subhanallah. Like, I, you know, this is the craziest thing. Like, this, it genuinely shows you the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like, if you don't believe in the concept of dua, like, you really, really need to listen to this. Like, you know how crazy I am on the concept of dua, guys. You know I can talk about it all the time. The thing is, right, I mean, I'm going to be honest here. If you put good thoughts out into the world, you're going to get good back to yourself. The law of attraction exists, all right? You know, this whole manifesting with these candles and all of this witchcraft stuff, I don't believe in at all. But I do believe in manifesting good stuff for yourself with your mindset and with your tawakkul. So if you really, really combat and you basically combine these concepts together, you will always get what you want alhamdulillah genuinely I can sit here and I can say everything I've always wanted I've got and I'm not saying that genuinely like from a perspective of like oh my god like that's so amazing no I mean like sometimes I have been tested by what I've wanted sometimes I have been like you know what that was a really hard thing I don't want it anymore sometimes I've been so grateful for it sometimes I made dawah and actually I've not got that thing but then I've been rewarded with something even better that I actually wanted as well so what I mean is when you make your du'as, guys, you have to have full, complete tawakkul. You have to have full, complete sincerity, like you're asking the Lord of the impossible, right? So when I had been making this du'a constantly before I'd gone for Umrah, like I didn't ever believe once that when I'd go to Umrah that I'd be tested by it, that I wouldn't be able to go set foot into the mosque for an entire week. Right? I never believed that. I never knew that that was going to happen. I had taken every precaution possible to avoid that from happening. And yet it still happened. So Allah had been testing me. And at one point I thought, you know what? Maybe it's written for the next time. Like I didn't get I didn't get angry. I didn't get upset. Like as in like I was upset in the sense of like I couldn't go. But I wasn't, I wasn't bitter. I wasn't deflated and like, oh yeah, that's it now. I'm not going to get off the sofa for the next three days or, you know, in the hotel. I just thought, you know what? Better maybe Allah knows the wisdom in this. Allah knows something better for me, and therefore I have to trust what Allah knows. And it, although it upsets me, I've got to take clarity in that idea that Allah knows why He's doing this. And so maybe next time it's rain for me. Little did I know that if my permit is booked for ten thirty by ten p.m., I will know. Hey, you know what? I can go pray now. And so you know, we did our wudu. We literally like speed walking to the mosque this is the first time i've set foot in the mosque by the way i set foot in it and guys i felt like i was at home now that is the exact same feeling i had in mecca times 10 mecca is just something else for me everybody has a favorite place most people say it's medina mine was mecca and but when i went to medina it is no what it's you know in, in no way whatever is it diminished it is so grand and it's so beautiful subhanallah that mosque is beautiful genuinely it's gorgeous and as i'm talking to you guys i can envision every single thing bearing in mind i only really got to go there for like two days right or one day basically before we flew out and so you know we've gone and my mom's like okay so we're going this way my dad's like literally like my dad was with us by the way and he's like okay so i'm going to take you guys then you can go through the women's section so he's literally like taking us so fast because you're like we know like we're going to run out of time and stuff so uh, we're literally there and then we join the queue so now we're in the queue and it's like 10 20 let's say or maybe 10 25 i don't know it's not that far away from us the mosque anyway it was like a not even a seven minute walk i say it was literally like a four minute five minute walk um and so yeah we're waiting in the queue the queues were very very long so bearing in mind 
when you you get your permit there's a time for when it's activated so it'll say like between 10 to 10 30 you can go and visit the road you have a permit now so between 10 p.m and 10 30 at that time your your permit will become active and it'll come up with like a green sign i think or a red sign and it will literally say active meaning that your permit is now active to use um so yeah we got in the queue and you know it's active great fantastic alhamdulillah um but then the queues were very very long and it's now 10 37 or 10 40 okay now my mom being very clever <laughs> she screenshotted her um active image so when it was active the permit she screenshotted and you know so she showed the lady that you know it was part, part active and the lady let her through so she sees mine and it says inactive because it's 10 37 now or 10 40 and it's past that time for 10 30 and it's inactive and she literally looks at me and she goes, why inactive? Because <laughs> obviously they speak Arabic. And I'm like, help. She literally says it in Arabic first. I'm like, huh? And she goes, why inactive? And I'm like, oh, I was waiting in the queue. And she's like, but why inactive? And I'm like, queue, queue. And I look and I <laughs> showed at the time on my phone. And it's like 10.37 or 10.40. I'm like, queue, queue. Look, look, 10.30 at permit. And look, waiting in queue. 10, 10.37, 10.40, time, time. And she looks at me and she's like really trying to read my face, right? Behind her niqab. And she looks at me and she goes, go. And alhamdulillah, guys, I was panicking. I was panicking thinking she's going to tell me I can't go. And I literally was like, alhamdulillah, because my mom was waiting down the other side for me. And I was like, she let me through. And then she told my mom what happened. I was like, oh my God, subhanallah, like look how Allah worked even then right so then we go and we go inside we take our shoes off and everything and we're um literally trying to like walk we wait in the queue sorry actually we have to wait in the queue first what i do is uh, there was a bag uh, we had a plastic bag we put our shoes in a plastic bag and i tied that to my backpack so you can imagine my backpack's quite bulky now um and then we wait in the queue and then the queue kind of like diminishes and we get in and it is chock-a-block first of all now bearing in mind i got tested even then guys there was this woman who made a very 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 um rude remark in the sense of like trying to put us down looking down upon us as well actually um even though we're literally the same um and she made a very rude remark i at first thought you know what? i'm gonna sit down and talk to you guys about it but then i thought you know what it's not needed it's really not needed um just know that i had to control my anger and my short fuse in such a way because like literally my mom she turned around and i'm that type of person where if somebody talks down to me or to my mom i will not accept that i'm not going to tolerate it because you do not get to talk to me like that because respectfully speaking i will never ever treat somebody like that i would never ever talk down to somebody or as in like be rude or 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 treat them differently or do you know what i mean like i would never do that type of stuff so i don't see how you think it's fair to treat me that way or my mom especially my mom but she didn't say anything to my mom she was saying it to me and you know when it like clicks and the penny drops and i literally looked around that woman and i was literally like oh, what did she just i literally remember saying in english like to mom, what did she just say to me <laughs> and my mom was literally like don't leave it leave it leave it just think about where you are just think about where you are and i was like you know what you're right man like you're actually right and i had to let it go and only allah knows how much i had to control my anger at that point guys because wallahi I was going to let it rip. And you know what? It's really not needed. And I think it's great because now I've really got to that point where I've genuinely like started to become that way. Alhamdulillah. Um, 
it's really hard by the way it's very very hard <laughs> but yeah anyways um so you know we're pushing like in, you know into in, in the sea of people and then i'm literally trying to work it out okay so i'm like looking and i'm saying to mom right okay where's the member mom's like okay it's over there i'm like right so if that's the member over there on the right side over here is where we need to be we need to get further into the right side so we're like trying to shuffle into the right side and i i kind of notice it cause it's very much more packed and we're trying to get close i'm like okay but we need to be more on this side you know what i mean and then mom was like okay you go you go and i'm like no you go first and then she was literally like pushing me and then it's hard guys like it's ridiculously hard like there's people praying on top of each other there's actually like no space whatsoever okay and it's hard it's scary because you think that someone's gonna step on your head anyways alhamdulillah i remember praying my two nuffle there and the first time i put my head in sujood i was sobbing i don't think i got out of sujood for like a good five minutes guys like for every sujood i did in those two nuffles i was sobbing like no tomorrow it was just such a beautiful experience because imagine guys being able to pray like when you thought you will not be able to and then that too in front of the noble roda why am i getting a facetime call one second right okay um anyways back to what we were saying um but yeah it just felt spectacular guys like it felt unreal and then check this so you know we've prayed and I'm, i've come home and to the hotel sorry and you know we're telling my mom uh, my brothers uh, sorry my brother because only one of my brothers came my other brother unfortunately couldn't come with us for umrah i i told my brother and my dad like out of our experience and stuff and it felt so majestic and then i was like you know what i said to mom you know what i mean let me like just check did we actually pray in you know riyadh al-jannah because it felt like we did but let me check for sure guys so i checked it up and just to double check and stuff i am 98 percent convinced we prayed in riyadh al-jannah alhamdulillah the two percent goes to uncertainty due to human error as scientific people would say but um yeah a hundred percent like a 98 percent i think we prayed in riyadh al-jannah and I just I just found it in, incredible because the way I made du'a I don't know why like I made du'a that it would all go well and smooth and sailing you know for Umrah and everything but I don't know why my heart wanted to make more du'a for Riyadh al-Jannah like I know how many times I made du'a to pray in you know in the Riyadh al-Jannah and and to see the noble Roda and to say our salam to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam I cried knowing that 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 is the leader of our ummah right there and and i don't know why my heart made so much du'a for it before we went for umrah like now i look back to it i realize that it's so beautiful because it's it's one of those um du'as that show you that you will get what you want after you're tested so isn't that crazy basically you know how we talk about the answers to our du'as you know, we, we speak about it so much on the podcast, right? We, we've spoken so many times about how Allah's made, you know, I've, I've made dua and Allah's given me different various, you know, answers. You've got the yes, you've got no, um, I'll give you something better or um, yes, but not right now. This was literally an example of yes, but not right now. So I was making dua for Riyadh al-Jannah. Realistically speaking, if Allah wanted, he could have let us put our bags down in um, our hotel at Medina and he could have let us go straight away to the um, mosque and basically um, pray, you know, and um, say our salam and, and read our two nafils in Riyadh al-Jannah. If, if he wanted to, because Allah can make anything happen. But he didn't. He made us wait 
for a reason that we don't know but Allah knows the beauty in it and honestly like looking and reflecting back at it now I wouldn't have changed it for the world if I could go back again I would uh, that would be the first time I set foot into that mosque it was beautiful and then I remember the day after I think it was our last day basically essentially in Medina we'd have to basically fly out the like at night basically not fly out but we had to go to Shedda at night um and yeah it, it was really really kind of like bittersweet saying goodbye like saying our salam at the mosque again and basically just looking back for the last time because we knew that we don't know when we're going to come back here again and, and and that is a really really gut-wrenching feeling genuinely like the two most gut-wrenching feelings i felt then was when we left makkah and you know we were driving away from masjid haram i'll never forget that site alhamdulillah thankfully i got a video of it as well but yeah we were in the taxi and we were just driving away from masjid haram to the left so like on the left side basically of the of the mosque and we were leaving it behind quite literally and then we started driving through the mountainous area and literally like i remember putting it up on my story on instagram and i played um the mountains of makkah by zayn bika and it's like oh you know the mountains of makkah what can you tell something like that don't tell me because i'm not the best singer in the world um but yeah it, it just was so pivotal because it's like you 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 watch all this stuff like I said before and you read it and you listen to it and you hear about it and you'll never know until you go yourself genuinely it's just it's just different honestly that is genuinely the truth and and I'm glad actually I'm sitting down now and speaking about it to you guys rather than having done it right there and then because it was just so heightened and so sensational stuff and now sitting here um literally like a month after the experience i'm getting to sit down and basically relive it again for the first time telling you guys and sharing it with you guys and yeah i don't want to go on so long because we've got like we've gone over an hour but um yeah i just want to say that i definitely pray that each and every single one of you get the opportunity that i got to go for umrah and and it honestly um just just makes everything so much more better for you because i trust me when you're there you forget everything you forget your worries of this world and you you the pain that you have in your heart for whatever reasons you may have the tensions and the worries and the stress and that feeling of why am i not satisfied why is this dunya hurting my heart so much you know it, it all it all goes away essentially it for that split second when you're in umrah because essentially if you compare it to the rest of our life it's just a fraction and it goes away and and it's such a beautiful feeling that peace that you feel when you're there honestly it just your heart feels okay for a second and 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 i know for some people listening to this they've not been able to experience that for the longest time ever and i know that because by the way i just want to say like you know with with the podcast i know it's not as consistent as i would like it to be and as you guys would like it to be and i do promise you i'm working on it you know with the instagram as well you know my dms are open etc but you know and i may not be able to effectively reply to everything because there's just so much and i may not be able to have consistent conversations but just know i see everything like i literally see everything that comes through and 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 sometimes i've had some conversations with you guys and, and the things you tell me that you're battling with I just pray that honestly Allah gives you your satisfaction because I sometimes hear it and I think if Allah tested me with that I don't know how I would cope and you are genuinely so strong to know that that is your test that Allah's chosen because he knows that your soul can go through it and that is a beautiful feeling and also just know that with with the power of dua and 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 your strength and determination in in yourself as well because 
this is something that we always forget we we talk about the strength and determination you need to have in your du'as and and the belief you need to have of Allah but where's the strength and determination for yourself how are you ever expecting to go out and get stuff for yourself if you genuinely are not being good to yourself you know you when 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 guests come to your house for example you want to pull out all the stops right you want to do the best for them you want to bring out all the good stuff for them you want to cook the good food for them you want to wear your nice clothes for them you want to make the nice cupcakes for them you want to do all the good stuff for them because you want them to know that we value them and we think that they are important and we prioritize them and we want them to have a good time because they are deserving of it so why is it then when you want to ask for good stuff for yourself yourself and you want to ask for all of this beautiful amazing gorgeous stuff for yourself these luxuries or this 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 strength that you want for yourself why is it that you never see yourself in that same way why is that you never see yourself as worthy of having that stuff do you know what I mean so if you can treat guests for example with all of that goodness and all of that catering and all of that hosting because you know that you value them why don't you ever do that for yourself when you're asking for all that goodness for you you're asking Allah to make this happen. You're asking Allah to make that happen. You're asking him to make this du'a come true. You're asking him to make that du'a come true. Why on earth are you not thinking of yourself worthy of those du'as then? Or rather as well, why are you not putting the effort in for it? Bottom line, genuinely is, why are you not putting the effort for it in? I genuinely, I'm going to do a single episode on all of this, okay? And it's going to be really a sit down hammering in with you guys because I think that a lot of the times we need tough love you can hear it from here you can hear it from there but you sometimes just need an hour's worth of your ear being chewed off to really give you that drive back because so many people I'm going to be honest here so many people are in these situations in life and they want to get out of it but no they don't want to put the work in for it now you're making dua to Allah okay you're asking Allah to make all of this happen for you but why are you not putting in the work then I, I really, really, really do not agree with this idea of making dua and then expecting it to fall out of the sky. I've always said this to my friends, to my family, to people I know. When we talk about this type of stuff, I always say, how can you sit there and make dua for something and then expect it to fall out of the sky? There's one thing in having trust in Allah and knowing that Allah is going to make it happen no matter what because that's the wakil, right? But, you know, you've also got to tie your camel so when did you do that or were you just expecting it to happen naturally and miraculously out of the sky because this is totally different from the whole umrah conversation and it's a bit of like a kind of like intro into the next um, episode inshallah um but the point i'm trying to make is you need to believe with every cell in your body that if Allah is listening to your du'as and if Allah is going to make them possible and if Allah is going to make it happen because he's the lord of both of these worlds and he's the lord of the impossible then you have also got to actually start manifesting and working on that belief you've got to start sitting down with yourself and having an honest conversation of hey you know what I want to buy a I don't know um I want to buy the next Bentley okay um I want to buy a really big Bentley I don't know the newest latest version and I'm gonna make da for it so I'm gonna ask Allah to make it happen for me because I know Allah is capable of anything and if I want that Bentley I'm gonna get that Bentley and I know Allah's gonna get me and I'm gonna make da for it so you make this da with in you know sincere tawakkal and you you make it and you know Allah's listening to you but then you sit back you sit back and you're literally 
doing your minimum hours at work if you know you you work you're still spending lavishly like and spending ridiculous amounts on food for example okay yeah so you made the offer it you asked Allah for it but then how are you not putting the steps in to get it surely the next steps the next steps that would make sense to do would be to start cutting back on your expenditure being more sensible with your finances this is just an example by the way this is literally just an example to kind of put it into perspective for you guys you would start cutting back on your finances you would start to be smart with your money and think you know what i've, I've ate out quite a bit it's, it's, it's costing me this x amount if i save that up i can put that towards my car right you would then also start picking up extra shifts at work or something if you knew you really wanted this thing if you work those type of you know jobs where you can pick up shifts right that surely that would make sense so it's one thing making the R, but then sitting about waiting for it to happen. I just, uh, no, like we're not going to do that. And that is what we're going to talk about in next week's episode because we're talking about the R, we're talking about this. If you want something, you have to believe with every cell in your body, you are going to get it. But for the love of Allah, stop thinking and stop being lazy. Genuinely, this is me saying it to you as a big sister because I've really been listening to this type of stuff recently. And honestly, it just makes so much sense. Like, I look to it and I'm like, this is literally what we've been doing in our in our lives. And so, yeah, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. I'm going to speak about it with you guys next episode because inshallah we are coming back. And I promise you that, like I, I genuinely mean that. I do do pray that we're coming back stronger and bigger and better. Um, But I just want you guys to know that I made the offer for you all as well, by the way, when I was there. Um, and I pray that whatever you guys are going through, honestly, a lot of you individually, I pray that you know you you overcome it and i pray that you find your peace and your your um answers from whatever you're going through as well and i pray that you get to a position where you look back at it and you know exactly why allah put you through it as well because there's never a reason that allah doesn't want you to go through something he knows better for us trust me on that one i promise you on that one but yeah, guys, this is the end of the episode. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Um, let me know if you enjoyed it or not, quite frankly. I know I literally just said that. Um, and yeah, I hope to see you guys next week, inshallah, for another episode. But until then, take care. See you next week, inshallah.